morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Yes, this is Arthur Pearly Martin of Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. And I had to drop in, I had to drop in, because you know, you guys know, I just gotta know, I gotta know. I gotta ask the question. What's your why lie? What lie has the devil told you to make you believe that the word of God is not true. You know what? You already know we're getting ready to get into this. We're going to discuss this. We're getting ready to dive in so we can pull back another layer and grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. We're getting ready to take another leap of faith because you guys know that on here, on this station, it's for mature audience only. We have to be mature. We have to be willing to admit it before we can quit it. But we're getting ready to go in. We're getting ready to go in on the inside. Right? Because Jesus tells us if we can if we can if um if we continue in his word, we are disciples indeed and we will know the truth. And the truth will set us free. Right? What will is the word of God, what is the truth gonna set us free from? God's truth is going to set us free from the lies of the enemy that's holding our minds captive. And causing us to be stuck in our story. Are you stuck in your story? We're getting ready to dig in it. In one moment, we're going to pray first. Father God, we just thank you for being together right here with us. Father, we come to celebrate you. We come, we assemble ourselves together in honor of you. Father, you said when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, that we will be filled. So we thank you, Lord God, as we come here seeking you for answers, Lord God. Seeking you for answers that you will fill us. We ask that you take the blinders off our eyes so we can see. Take the blinders off our ears, Father, so we can hear what the Spirit of the living God is saying. And we ask, Father, that you will anoint my lips of clay so I can say what you want me to say. So here we are, guys. Here we are, here we are, here we are. Coming before you to that day, this day, asking you, what's your why lie? What lie has the devil told you to make you believe that the word of God is not true? Um, Do you know that every area in our lives where there's an addiction, a stronghold, or even a wound, there's an area in our lives where we're believing the devil's lie. What's your why lie? Maybe the devil has convinced you that what you went through defined who you are. Um, when the truth of the matter is, we are who God says we are. What you go through or what you've been through does not define you. It, we are who God says we are, but a lot of times when we don't know who we are in Christ Jesus... We allow our circumstances to dictate to us who we are. I am a victim of this. I am that. I am an addict. I am this. I am that. What lie has the devil told you? What you do is not who you are, um, but it is an action in which you allow your flesh to commit. So what lie has the devil told you? convince you to believe that God's word is not true. What lie has the devil told you? Look at look at your life. I asked the question, what's your why lie? So what you can do is look go look at your life and those areas in your life. Those areas in your life where there is an addiction or a stronghold is the area in your life where we're believing the devil's lie. You know, the Bible tells us that we're clean through the word, right? Jesus told his disciples, he said, you're already clean by the words that I've spoken to you. How is we clean by the word? Because the word of God, it is the power of God unto salvation, unto deliverance. And so as we, because I mean, really, it's a lie that we're believing about the situation that we're in. That's got us acting the way we're acting. That's got us talking the way we're talking. I'd like to say if you're acting evil because you think we're thinking evil, right? Um, so the word of God tells us whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are true, um, to think on these things. 
the Bible even tells us the things to think on. Well, so what's your why lie? What's your why lie? We know that the mind is the battleground, right? This is why Romans 12 and 2 tells us to be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed and be changed by the renewing of your mind. If we want to change how we're living, if we want to change where we're at, we definitely have to change our mindset, right? Because the body's going to do what the mind tells it to, right? We're going to think it before we do it, right? So to self-examine ourselves, the Word of God said, we judge ourselves, we won't have to be judged. So I start with you because we are the really the main subject of our own life story. And in order to grow from faith to faith and glory to glory, we're going to have to um, deal with those inner issues, right? We got to go down on the inside because God looks at, man looks on the outside and say, oh, they're blessed. But God looks at the heart and say, we need to, you need to fix that mess. You know, those hidden things. Because God, you know, the word of God, uh, it's sharper and powerful than any uh, two-edged sword, right? It's the discerner of the thoughts and it knows the intents of the heart. And we see Jesus operating in this all the time when the Bible saying Jesus knew their thoughts. <laughs> in other words, he was discerning them. Um, the words of knowledge was working. The gifts of the spirits were in operation. And he knew why they were saying what they were saying. And and, and it, that's true for some of us, too. You know, someone is talking and the Holy Spirit say, well, they're saying this because of that. Well, I love, you know, when the Lord is letting you know stuff, it's not so much to judge, but it's to redeem. Because how many of you know that God is a redemptive God, right? He came to redeem us, not to condemn us, um, but to convict us, you know, um, to convince us that we are in need of a savior, right? And all, he chastised those that he loves. So the purpose of God's gifts is to restore us, not to condemn us, um, not to crush us, um, but to restore us. But sometimes, you know, um, we always, not sometimes, we always have to admit it before we can uh, quit it. You know, the word of God tells us to confess our own faults one to another, so that we can be healed, right? He didn't say confess the faults of someone else. He said confess our own faults. But he did say if you see your brother or sister in a sin, you know, for us to go to them. But in this case, we're talking about our own selves, right? So um, James 5 and 16 tells us, he said, confess your own faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. For the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's so important that we live our life in, in, our, um, in right standings with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so the factual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, it's going to avail much. It's going to be very powerful, right? Um, so we have to confess our own faults one to another. Can you see you? In, in, what's your why lie? A why lie is a, it, it, it causes us to play the blame game. Because the, the trick of the enemy is to keep us from being able to see ourselves so we can blame someone else. And, and even, it's not to say that other people are not at fault. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, at the end of the day, in the beginning of the day, God does not cause, call people to change other people. Um, but he does uh, expect for us to come before him and to confess our own faults one to another so that we can be healed. So when we say things like, they made me, that's really a statement of weakness because what we're saying is that person had power over us. I, I like to tell people the same way people can't make you do good is the same way people can't make you do bad. You know, uh, isn't that what Adam and Eve did in the garden? Adam blamed the serpent and Eve and Eve blamed uh but Adam blamed Eve and God, basically, because he was like, it's that woman you gave me. And Eve blamed the serpent, right? But no one really took responsibilities for what they did. How many of you know that it takes humility to be able to admit that we're wrong and um, to confess our faults or to apologize or to even say that we're sorry? Because the reason we believe that sometimes I believe and I feel, you know, is that um, because we equate what we do as being who we are. And so to be to have to say you're sorry, basically what you're saying is what I did is who I am. 
that's what you, you know, but that's not true because what you do is not who you are. It's an act in which we allow our flesh to commit, right? It's an act in which we allow our sinful flesh to commit. The Bible says, it teaches us, it says, whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve to, right? So, um, whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve to. So are you ready to deal with your inner issues? I'm not talking about anyone else. This comes from my book, Understanding Your Own Issues and Other Issues. I actually had to live this. I had to walk through it. The whole, it was, you know, it was painful. Um, it didn't feel good, but it was good. And, and now I can look back on my life and I can say it was good that I suffered those things. You know, it was good. It didn't feel good. But it was good because it was working some things together for my good because that tribulation was producing patience and that patience was producing character in my life. And so people say, you're patient. I said, I had a lot of trouble. Tribulations, working patience and patience. Um, and, and I'm sure we all have, everybody has a story and everybody's been through things in their life. Um, but the important thing is, is that we don't get stuck in our story. How do you know if you're stuck in your story? You know that you're stuck in your story when you've been telling the same story for 10 years and people come around you, they think it's just it just happened. I, I was stuck in my story. I was stuck in my story for seven years and I didn't know how to get unstuck. <laughs> and that's how this book was birthed, Understanding Your Own Issues and Other Issues. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Living God, it delivered me and set me free through that book. That book is my deliverance. And I promise you, if you'll pick it up and read it, it'll be your deliverance too. Um, the first chapter is the blame game. I, I started my podcast out um, teaching some, from some of the, sub, the, the um, subtitles. Um, the blame game, that's the first, my very first podcast. I first started in April. And I thank you guys so much for supporting me. I have like 615 uh, listeners. So I thank you guys uh, for supporting my podcast. Also, if you want to support us financially, you can just hit on the support button. If you um, have a prayer request or something, hit the messenger, leave a message. Okay? And I'll, and I'll message you back. But in the meantime, I'm, I'm trying to find out what's your why lie. Maybe the devil has told you, um, if I can just get rid of them, then I would be better. But what you fail to realize is that you was like that with the last person too. And when the people are no longer around and you're still the same, then what? Um, and I'm not saying that that's not true because, you know, Proverbs say you put the one out that's causing the contention and the strife and the contention and the strife will leave, Right. Um, but I, I'm, it's kind of like when Jonah came into the sailor's atmosphere, he brought all of his drama with him, right? The storms were raging, the winds, the water was about to tear the boats up, you know, but it wasn't like that before he came and got on the ship. So he brought his drama into their lives. And sometimes you can be getting wet from someone else's situation, circumstance. But at the end of the day, in the beginning of the day, it's everything is still going to boil down to what am I going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? The Lord said, Moses, what is it you have in your hand? And you know, um, I remember when I was writing my first book, Dating Identifiers, Mary God's Way, the Lord began to show me this and uh, about how he came in the garden and asked Adam, where you at? And Eve, what is this you have done? And, and I'm thinking, why are you asking them that? You already know. And he said, because he was trying to get them to confess where they was and what they had done. <laughs> I mean, you know, God, the God who created everything and everybody, he knows everything. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. And he wanted to, he wanted him to say what he had did. And he asked Cain and Abel, where is your brother? You know, I hear your brother's blood crying out. He already knew. He wasn't asking because he didn't know. He was trying to get him to confess what he had done. And um, confession is good for the soul. Because when we confess, uh, it exp- it brings it out to the it, it, darkness. No longer has a place to hide. The devil can no longer hold us hostage with his lies. Are you being held hostage by a devil's lie? Are you being held hostage? Well, like I said, this book, understanding your own issues, um, 
the Lord used it to deliver me. I was stuck in my story for seven years. And one day I just began to cry out to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I said, Lord, um, I need a word from your word. I need a word from your word because I, I understood that um, Jesus said in this world, we're going to have some trouble, right? Um, why is it, why are we going to have trouble in this world? Because we can't control everything and everybody in this world. But God expects for us to have, to be able to have some self-control um, by yielding our members to him and letting him do the work through us. We can't control everything and everybody around us, but we can allow the Holy Spirit to control us. The Bible tells us that we walk in the Spirit. We won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So when we walk in love, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh because love is opposite to evil, right? So what's your why lie? A lot of people are so amazed because they think that when they get rid of that ex-husband or ex-wife or get changed that new job or move to a new place, things are going to be different. And don't get me wrong, sometimes it is, but when a lot of times it don't change, especially when the change has to begin in you. So you move to another place, you get with another man, and you got the same problems. Oh. Huh. The thing that though, that same place has in common and that thing with that next new relationship has in common is you. So you're going to, somewhere along the way, you have to look at the common denominator and say, hey, Lord, it's me. Fix me. Because until I get delivered, until I get free, I'm going to continue uh, to carry on these same issues with different people in different places. (laughs) But it's going to be me. Because when we get stuck in our story, what happens is we're stuck in the cycle, just like the children of Israel were, wandering in the wilderness 40 years in 40, 40, for 40 years. They wandered in the wilderness because they were stuck in their story. And this is why I say in order to change where we're at, we have to change our mindset. So how do we change our mindset? Um, By renewing our mind to the word of God. What is the counsel of God concerning the situation and the circumstances um, that you're dealing with because our issues those are our triggers you know those things like um, that we say I oh, don't push my button and a lot of us know what our buttons are those well we need to um, deal with those buttons because that's what the devil's looking for he's the Bible say be sober and be alert because your adversary the devil is going about seeking whom he may devour Right, So he's looking for an open door to come into our lives. So the Bible says, give no place to the devil. How many of you know that we give place to the devil? Every time we don't do what God say do, then we leave an open door for the enemy to come into our lives. We give place to the devil. So um, the key here is relationship, relationship, relationship. We can no longer continue to date God. We have to get a, get in a committed relationship with God. Right, we want uh, to, people to be committed to us the same way we want people to be committed to us, the same way we want our spouses to be committed to us, is the same way God wants us to be committed to Him. Are you in a committed relationship? There's no condemnation, you guys know this because, um, here we're, we're just learning something new so we can jump another level and go to another level because we're called to go from faith to faith and glory to glory, right? So here we are. Um, Like I asked earlier, what's your why lie? What lie has the devil told you? Maybe it's, well, if I just had more money, I would be happy. And so we run off and the Bible say that many have pierced their souls, have departed from the faith and has pierced their souls with many sorrows, chasing after riches. When Jesus said, hey, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Don't chase after the money. We need to be chasing after the mission (laughs) because the provisions, how many of you know that the provisions of God is in the will of God? The provisions of God is in the will of God. So when we get in the will of God, he's going to give us what we need for the journey. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Jesus tells us, and all these things will be added unto us. 
You say, well, we already know these things. Do you really? It's a difference in knowing the word and in knowing how to do the word. So like I I say a lot, do you know how to do what you know? And my prayer is, Father, teach us how to do what we know. Because we know we know a lot of stuff, right? Well, the way we can tell if we believe what we know is if we're bearing fruit in that area, if we're seeing the manifestations of the promise, or if we're walking in what the word say. Because you know we act on what we believe. I just like to say it's simple because you know that's how God talks to me, real simple. It's the simplicity of the gospel. Um, He wants us to be able to understand what he's saying because without understanding, you can't have faith in something you cannot understand, right? So we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? This is what the word teaches us. However, if I don't understand what the preacher is saying or what the teacher is saying or what anyone is saying, I'm not going to be able to have faith for what they're saying because faith comes by hearing. So I have to have to understand what I'm hearing in order to have faith for what I'm hearing. You understand that? (laughs) So uh, I just love it. I love how he speaks simple. So as I begin to um, cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I need a word from your word because I've been stuck here for seven years. Okay, I've been stuck in this story for seven years. How many of you know you can be running really well in one area in your life? And um, when you, you constantly, every time you get to that one spot, that one area, that one person, that one situation, that one circumstances, you just seem to just fall every time. That's that trigger, right? That's the trigger issue. That's that button that you say, oh, don't push my button. I'm kind, but don't do this. Don't do that. And, you know, and then we say stuff like, well, everyone has issues, and this is true. But the my question to you is, what are you going to do? Because how many of you know that God don't want us being stuck uh, with the issue? He said, confess it, and that's good. We, we have to admit it before we can quit it. But now that I have admitted that I have a problem with anger, or I have a problem with this, or I have a problem with that, now the question becomes, okay, so what are you going to do about this? Or what are you going to do about that? Um, what's your why life? We really need to think about the things that we think. We need to really think about our thoughts. <laughs> if we really thought about our thoughts and some of the stuff that we believe and ask ourselves, where did it come from? Why do I believe that? I remember once someone was telling a story about, uh, I think it was T.D. Jakes, about how his mom used to cut the ham in half. I'm not for sure. I just said, I don't know. I think it was something I was listening to. And and for years, she always did that. And someone, and then they, the next generation came, and they started doing it, and they said, well, Mom, why you do that? Why you cut it in half? She said, well, I always did it because my pan wasn't big enough. <laughs> but they were just mimicking what they saw. They were just passing out something, didn't even know why they were doing it. Um, do you know why you do what you do? Really, honestly speaking, we really do know the motives of our heart. We know why we're saying what we're saying. And we know why we're doing what we're doing. We really do. We really do. Um, our heart, it's deceitful. You know, that's why the Bible says, the world says, follow your heart. But the word says that the heart is deceitful. And who can know its way? The heart is very deceitful. But on the inside, we know why we're saying what we're saying. You know when you're being, come on now, let's be honest. Because this is all about telling the truth, right? Because Jesus tells us, and John, if uh, if it's his truth that we if we continue if in his word we are disciples indeed and we will know the truth and his truth will set us free right uh, I, I love the I love the truth and um I love to see people free I love to see people lives transformed from caterpillars to butterflies oh my god I love to see the transformation power of God operating in a in a person's life. I love to see people delivered. I'm John 8, 31, 32. You guys know that's my favorite scripture, right? So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if you abide in my word and um, if you do what my word say, that's how we abide in his word when we do what it say. 
um, um, one scripture says in John, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and you shall have it. Why is this? Because when God's word is abiding in us, the only thing that we're going to be asking is his word. We're going to be asking things that's in line and according to his will and his word. So he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will. But here he said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Because a disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ, right? And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What is the truth going to set us free from? The truth is going to set us free from a lie. Okay. So our focus is not about trying to fix the people around us. Okay, we're not fixers. That's God's job. And when we when we start getting in that position thinking that it's our job to fix this person, that's when we get into the seat of self-righteousness. And I know about that seat because I've been there too. I sat in that seat. I despise that religious spirit. And I'm very familiar with it because I operated in it. That seat of self-righteousness where you... You can't see what you do, but you can see what they do. Or maybe you would admit that you have some issues, you know. Yeah, I know I got issues, you know, but no, there's no buts. Um, God wants us wants us to work on those issues, uh, shut those uh, doors in our lives, keep the enemy, keep the devil out of our lives. So um, Proverbs 4, well, uh, Proverbs 4 and 32, eight, he tells us um, to guard our heart, out of it flows everything, the issues that are in our lives or everything, the issues in our lives. Guard your heart therefore, for out of it flows the issues of your life. That You know, I wrote that whole entire book um, off of the scripture. Proverbs 4. Proverbs, guard your heart. That was the scripture he gave me. Proverbs 4 and 23. That was the scripture he gave me when I was crying out to him. And I was saying, Lord, I need a word from your word. Um, he gave me that scripture, Proverbs 4, 23. Excuse me. <coughs> Drinking some tea. Okay, it says, um, Proverbs 4, 23, NLT says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Wow. So the heart, what's in us, is coming out of us, I like to tell people, right? So the heart, it it it, uh, it determines the course of your life. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Our perception of ourselves is going to determine how we treat ourselves, how we allow others to treat us, and it's going to determine how we see ourselves. Um so this is why it's so important in order to get a healthy perception of yourself. We're going to have to see ourselves through the eyes of Christ. We want to see ourselves the way God sees us. Because, you know, God, the way we think about ourselves, if we don't know who we are in Christ, it's not the way God sees us. A lot of, you know, I know before I accepted Christ, I thought God was mad at me. I thought he was this big cloud in the sky. And every time I messed up, he took the gavel and said, Pow! And a big puff of smoke would come up. I'm telling you, I don't know where I got it from. Um, But that was my perception of who God was. And I didn't know anything about the devil. And I didn't believe in him. I didn't know he existed. I just thought God did it all. Good, bad, and the ugly. So, you know, I just did a podcast the other day. Don't blame God. Take some time out to um, listen to that. Okay. So, um, Proverbs 4.22 says... For they are life to those who find them and health to their whole body. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows everything you do. Um, put away deception from your mouth. Keep your lips from perverse speech. Then it, that's, it's going on um, in 24 and below. It's telling you how to guard your heart. He's saying put away deception, deceit, deception from your mouth. Keep your lips from perverse speech, gossip, saying stuff that's not true. That's how you guard your heart. We gotta guard our eyes, our ears, our mouth. <laughs> That's how we guard our heart. Be careful of the words that we speak. Uh, be, uh, keep your feet from an uh, evil path. You know we need to guard the places that we go. You know. That's how we guard our heart. It says, "Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life." That's New King James Version. 
NIV says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flow from it. So um, the issues, I like to say that the issues that are in our life is coming from what's inside, right? Because we're doing what we believe. We're acting on what we believe. So I like to say, you know, the Bible say, tell us to judge ourselves and we won't have to be judged. So this is one of the ways I judge myself. I could tell what I believe by what I act on. Right? That's judging myself. I understand me judging uh, my husband or someone. That's not going to, that's not doing anything. So that's why I, I personally, because I love people and I love people for real, telling them the truth is not hard for me. Um, and my reason for saying what I say is because it's not to crush them or to condemn them, um, but it is to help pull them out of that place of de- uh, uh, deception. Because how many of you know that the greatest deception really is self de- uh, self-deception? Because when you start believing your lie, when you and the devil together start believing your lie, going to take the power of God to deliver us and set us free. Um, Jesus was saying to the Jews in Matthew 12, 34, he said, you broad of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that's why I say is at the abundance of the heart, the mouth is speaking. So if you want to know what's in your heart, listen to what's coming out your mouth. For out of the heart, Matthew 15, 19, Jesus is still speaking. He says, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts. Oh, your heart think. <laughs> this is what he's saying. He said, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. All this stuff is coming out of a heart. So what's, the issues that are in our lives is coming from what's inside. So if you want to know what's inside of you, listen to what's coming out of you. Uh, Luke 6.45 says, The good man brings good things out of the good treasure of his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil treasure of his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Once again, what's in us is coming out of us. So a good tree brings out good things. So when your heart is filled, you know when people say, oh, they're so negative, they always talk negative, that's because that's what's in their heart. So I'd like to tell people, I said, it's nothing personal. It's not even really about you. It's what they got going on inside of them. Because what's inside of them is coming out of them. And that's why they're nasty and bitter. It's not about you. It's what's inside of them. Say, yeah, all I said was this. And then they went off. Yeah, but them going off didn't have anything to do with you. Because they was angry before you got there. And this is where we really need to deal with our the inner issues. We really need to stop and ask ourselves, Lord, show me my why. So what's your why? When we can quit pointing our fingers at the other person and point it at ourselves, that's why the book is called Understanding Your Own Issues First and then Other Issues because we have to know our part and then we have to know their part so we don't take their issues and make them about us. Because you know, how many of you know the devil will do that? The devil will try to make you think that, oh, they're like that because you need to lose weight. Oh, they like that because you said this. Oh, you made them say that when you did this. Oh, no, people don't make people do anything. You can provoke people, but still at the end of the day, it's still our decision and our choice. And once again, to say that someone can make you do anything, thats I don't know about you, but that's too much power. And I'll just prefer to say, no, I chose to do it and I need to apologize for it. You know, rather than to set up and say that you did, you made me. Because unless a person has a gun at your head, life is choices. And that's the choice you made. And that's what you said. How about that? So who are you blaming for your actions and your reactions? Did your wife make you do it? Your spouse make you do it? The dog made you do it? The kids make you do it? Say it. The boss made you say it. Oh, if they hadn't have did this to me, I wouldn't have did it. That's tit for tat. And so the Lord said, vengeance is mine and I will repay. Because the thing about getting even, to get even, you have to become just as evil. And you know what? Two wrongs will never equal what's right. And we both know this. So the Lord said, I don't want you to allow what they did to you to change you. You see, because what they did, that was their sin, that was their wrong action, and they'll have to give an account of that. I need you to stay true and committed to me, says the Lord, and do what I ask you to do. Because when we allow how other people are to change who we are, 
that's too much power. Um, and and I don't, I don't, I'm just going to yield myself to the Lord and let him have the last say so in my life. I remember I had to say to someone when the Lord was teaching me these principles, because how many of you know you have, you have to live it? When you live it, that's when it's real, right? So um, I had to literally live this book out. I lived it before I wrote it. And, and as I was writing it, he was teaching me, even as I was writing it, the Holy Spirit was. The book is really written prophetically because I write prophetic. I, um, so as he was teaching me these principles, I, I had lived out some things I didn't even really know, you know, in prior years. Uh, there was things that I did, didn't even know that these were the principles that I was practicing. Um, like one, for example, years ago, years, years ago, when I used to live in Oklahoma, and I used to work at this one place, and uh, it was like a group home or something, and the little boy said to me, what the F you looking at? And I said to him, a professional basketball player, not what you said you wanted to be. Well, I didn't say that. The Holy Spirit did. Why? Because even back then, I understood that what he had going on wasn't about me. He was like that before I got there. He was angry before I came on shift. It wasn't about me. And you know um, that that nasty person on the phone, the customer service rep or whatever, that has nothing to do with you. They was like that before you got there. And this is why it's so important that we need to deal with our inner issues because when we don't, it's like a root of bitterness that springs up and now it defiles many. And this is why it's so important that we forgive. And I like to remind people and let them know that forgiveness is for you. But I, um, I, think, I think the reason too, sometimes people equate forgiveness as saying, well, what the other person, they really wasn't responsible for what they did. But that's not what that's saying. Forgiveness is really for you. <laughs> because when we don't forgive other people, we become like the unmerciful servant. Go back and listen to my podcast on the unmerciful servant, where uh, Jesus was telling the story in the book of Matthews. And I asked the question, are you an unmerciful servant? Because, you know, when we, whoever we have mercy, if we sow mercy, we will reap mercy. You know, but Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you can't forgive. Why is this? Why can't God forgive if we don't forgive? Because it's opposite to who he is. And in order for him to forgive us when we won't forgive someone else, he has to actually go against himself. God is love. You see, so he, he's never trying to get people to change other people. That's his job. We are called to be ambassadors of Christ, the Bible teaches, and um, ministers and reconciliators to reconcile people back to the Father. That's what we're called to do. People can't change people. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm have to. So don't get with someone that you know um, everything about them. Most of the stuff about them you don't really like, but they're fine, or she's fine, or they got money. You know, um, read, get my book, Dating Identifier, Mary God's Way. I have a section in there that talks about motive for money. You know, what's your motive for marriage? Um, uh, it talks about money, you know, different reasons why people marry people because they're getting older, you know, just different things. Your why lie. What's your lie? That's another why lie. I need to do this. I need to get with someone who's really rich or I need to hurry up and get married because I'm getting older or, you know, I don't know. What is your why lie? What lie is the devil telling you? Because whatever lie he's telling you is the lie that he's using to control you. <laughs> and, and, that those behaviors in our lives is contrary to the Word of God. Those lies, they're it's attached to a devil's lie. Strongholds, addictions, bondage, um, just the lifestyle itself is contrary to those habits and that, that quick-temperedness and that anger and that envy. And, you know, the, I'm talking about the ones on the inside, you know, the ones that we think we can hide. But when the gifts start operating, the Holy Spirit starts shining stuff in there saying, you know, it sounds like you're jealous. <laughs> he used me to talk like that to people. <laughs> well, because you know, you know what? I love people. He talks like that to me. Um, but but he loves, you know, because um, he loves me. And how many of you know that when the Lord, he said he chastised those that he loved. And those who are without chastisement are none of his, right? God chastised those he loved. Isn't that you don't go around whooping other people's kids? 
right? You chastise your kids. Now, back in the day, you know, the old school, that you, your neighbor could whoop you and then <laughs> take you home to your mama and you get another whooping. But you can't try this stuff today. You better not try this stuff nowadays. Um, Hebrews 12 and 6 says, Because the Lord, he disciplines the ones he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. This is uh, Hebrews 12 and 6. So know in your heart that just as a man disciplines his sons, so the Lord your God disciplines you. That's Deuteronomy 8 and 5. Deuteronomy 8 and 5 says, So know in your heart that just as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Isn't that where we get our parental, really that's where we get our parental instincts from. It says, blessed is the man who uh, discipline, O Lord, and teach from your law. Deuteronomy 8 and 5, so know in your heart that just as a man disciplines his sons, so the Lord your God disciplines you. And we know that when our parents was disciplining us, it wasn't because they hated us. It was because they was, why? Why did they do this? It's because they was trying to teach, they was trying to protect us. And keep us from something that was going to hurt us. And likewise, just like a man disciplines his son, Deuteronomy 8 and 5. So the Lord your God disciplines you because it's to protect us from the evil one. He's telling you, no, don't go do that. Why? Because he knows the way in which we go. The word of God is a light into our path, a lamp into a light into our path and a lamp into our feet. It's there to guide us. It's there to direct us. It's there to light up the path so we don't have to walk in darkness. But if we say that we have fellowship with him and still walk in darkness, the Bible says we are lying. We don't practice the truth. Right? So to follow after Christ, we have to definitely walk in fellowship with Christ. But what I'm trying to find out is what is your why lie? What's your excuse? Are you playing the blame game? Are you walking around angry because they didn't do what you wanted them to? Look at that and know that control is attached to that. And when life is all about you, when self is in the center, it takes God out of the center. And that's what that causes us to be selfish. And, and I don't know about you, but God's love is not selfish. And even pity, when we get in that pity and we get with that victim mentality, that's selfishness. All that's about is self in the center. I need your attention. I want your attention. And and the thing about a pity party is that no, the only person that's invited to a pity party is you and the devil. <laughs> He's up there whispering in our ear, trying to make us feel all sorry for ourselves, like we're the victim, like everybody owes us something, when in fact, the Bible said, oh, no, man, nothing except to love them. And this is the deal. You know, when you do stuff for people, from a sincere heart, with no strings attached, when the gift is good. You guys, subscribe to my YouTube page. I have like a hundred some videos here. It's on the Gene Martin. And um, one of the videos I did one time is uh, when the gift is good, when the gift is not good. Because when a gift is not good, it has strings attached. So the Bible tells us uh, whatever we do in word or deed, that we need to do it unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Why? Because when you do it as unto the Lord, you won't be looking for the other person to do back to you. you won't, we won't be saying things like, well, after all I've done for you, well, if you did it because the Lord told you to do it, then you're going to be looking to the Lord for your reward and not from the other person. So whatever you do in word or deed, do it. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatsoever we do in word or deed. It's Colossians 3.17. It says, um, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing, let me see. 
And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks to God the Father through Him. Then it starts going on talking about wives, submitting yourselves uh, unto your husband as fitting in the Lord. That's another whole teaching there. I get more into that in my book, Understand Dating Identifiers. But when he's talking about as fitting unto the Lord, meaning... If your spouse is asking you to do something and it's against God, then you don't do it because it's not fitting unto the Lord. For it is better to suffer for doing what's right than to suffer with doing for doing evil. Okay, in English Standard Version, Colossians 3:17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. So when you're doing whatever um when you're doing it as unto the Lord, you're going to look to him for the reward. And how many of you know that he tells us, he says, he that lends to the poor, gives to the poor, lends to the Lord, and he will greatly, richly, he's going to greatly reward them. Um, so, in, when, you know, I, I like to tell people, never feel bad for doing good. Never feel bad for doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good because the Bible tells us, no, no, don't faint. Don't grow weary in doing good because in due season, we're going to reap the good we sow. And we say it all the time. You know, the world call it karma, but we call it the word of God calls it reaping what you sow. We, we, we say it all the time. Oh, there, there's karma. But, you know, it's not just about reaping the bad things, but we're going to reap the good things too. How many of you guys know that? It's, it's, it's a law. If you go plant an apple seed, you're going to get an apple tree, right? So that's the same way, you know, it might not come back from that same person, but it's going to come back to you. <laughs> it's going to come back to us. And so we really need to be mindful of how we treat other people. So the first commandment is the greatest commandment. And this is where the Lord says, love the Lord thy God with all our heart, thy mind, thy soul first, right? He said we need to love him with everything, with every fiber of our being. And then we need to love our neighbors, as we love ourselves. Why? Because when we have a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we'll be able to love other people like Jesus Christ because we're going to be loving him with the love that God has put inside of us. You know, I like to love on God, on others like God loves on you. It's, It's out of our love relationship with him. And this is how the Bible says, this is how you know if you know God. If you, anyone who does not have love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. But whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in them. Why? Because the Bible teaches us that God is love. Love is who God is. Right? So Jesus said the way you're going to know my disciples is by the love that they have for one another. So this is how we're going to know. We're going to know them by the love that they have. Okay, but um, so whatever we do in word or deed, but um, I'm trying to act, find out the question: What's your why? You see how there's so much work that we have to do. If we judge ourselves, we won't have to be judged. The Bible says we have to take the plank out of our own eye before we can see the splinter in our brother's eye, and we have to find out not just in bad things, but it's in life general. You know, where's these fears and these insecurities and this rejection? Where's all these things coming from? All these things is rooted in something because without a seed, there's no manifestation of anything. You know, there has to be a seed to sown for me to feel angry. There has to be a seed to sown for me to feel rejected because we reap in what we sow. It's manifesting. Nothing happens without a seed. What co- what caused that? Was Did it come from the rejection from, you know, from your childhood or did, I mean, where did it come from? You know, Jesus cursed the fig tree and he cursed it at the root. You know, he cursed it at the root so it couldn't bear any more fruit. And we have to go to the issue, the core issue of things so that we can um, dig it up at the root. We have to find the why. What's your why lie? Because one thing that I realized is that when they would cut the bushes and they just, you know, trimmed them, they would just trim the bushes. Um... Over a few months, they'd be right back. And I mean, they've been cut real low. But they kept growing back. And the reason they kept growing back was because it wasn't, you know, digging it up at the root. And that's the same thing in our lives. Those issues keep coming back. And we're still dealing with that stuff. And you thought, talk, I thought that was gone. 
Um, but we're not dealing with the root issue. We're thinking it was the last husband we had. That's why we was acting like that, right? But in real life, that's really how you were. But we have to find out why. Why was I acting all jealous? Why was I acting all clingy? Why was I acting all insecure? Why was I? And the thing is, when you get with the next person, you act in the same way. <laughs> so that tells you it wasn't that person. It's something on the inside of you. And, 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 and it's not like that in every case, but I'm, I'm talking about our inner issues. This is so let's stay here. We're talking about the inner issues. I'm, I'm talking about us taking the plank out of our own eye so that we can see the splinter in our brother's eye. And so we, we go on to other relationships. We say a man did it so a man can fix it. And so we're jumping from man to man trying to get people, broken people, <laughs> trying to get broken people to fix broken people. When, and then you're mad at them because they can't give you what you want, not knowing that they don't have what you want because God is the one that has everything that we need and they need to go to God and you need to go to God. And this is why we need to be healed. This is why we need to be whole. This is why we need to be delivered and set free. So we don't continue to carry that, that same baggage from one house to another. Because everywhere we go, people are going to be affected by how we are. But how many of you know that um, deliverance is a daily thing? You know, the Apostle Paul says, I must crucify my flesh daily. Why is this we have to crucify our flesh daily? Because every day we get up, it get up. (laughs) I mean, you know, we got a will, okay? God gave us choices. And every day, all throughout this day, whether consciously or subconsciously, we're making choices. I got to figure out what I'm going to wear tomorrow. I got to figure out what shirt I'm going to wear, what pants I'm going to wear. We're making choices all throughout our day, whether consciously or subconsciously, we're making choices. Life is choices, and, and it don't just happen. We got there one choice at a time. Life didn't just happen. So we need to be mindful of the choices we make. And one of the things, the first thing we need to do is ask ourselves is because remember he said, whatever we do in word or deed, uh, and James, whatever we do in word or deed, we need to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. So we really do need to ask ourselves what will Christ do? Whatever we do in word or deed, would you do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ? So, in other words, if what we're doing is not going to bring God glory, then we don't need to be doing it. Because whatever we do in word, whatever we say, the words that we speak, and the things that we do, we need to be mindful um, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're doing it as unto him. So he can receive the glory and the honor and the praise. And whatever you do in word or deed, Colossians 3.17, that's what it is. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. So uh, you won't feel slighted or slandered when you're kind to somebody and they're ugly to you. Because you did it because that's who you are. So I say don't allow how other people are to change who you are. You say that's, uh, that's easier said than done, but I'm telling you, I know for a fact that it's possible. Um, because the stuff that I'm talking to you, I've learned... I've learned uh, through the things I, I've suffered. So I've learned obedience <laughs> through the things I'm suffering. And I'm telling you, it's, it, you know, the only thing that was suffering, the, the Lord said, Pearl, the only thing that's suffering is your flesh. That's the only thing that's suffering. Your spirit is fine. So, um, but it gets easier, you know, the more and more we do the Word of God, the, as we yield and just stop kicking and fighting and say, okay, Lord, you said a soft answer turns away wrath. So instead of giving them an a, a, a angry answer, I'm going to give them a soft answer, and that's going to turn away the wrath because your word is true and it works. But, you know, whatever we do, we have to do it in faith um, because anything done outside of faith is sin. It's not going to work if we don't believe God. The word is not going to work. I don't know how, how many scriptures we know if we don't believe it and have faith in what God say, it's not going to work. You know, remember the Bible says um, those that come to him must first believe that he does exist. But not only that he exists, but we have to also believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do you believe that? So when we read the Bible or we hear something or listen to this podcast, this is for you. This is for me. Okay. This is not for my husband. This is for me. Okay. Um, 
So the goal of it all is when we hear the word, then we want to do the word because the Bible tells us to be doers of the word and not hearers only unless we deceive ourselves. Because the greatest deception, the greatest deception is self-deception. James 1 and 22 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, right? It says, do what it says. NIV says, do not merely listen to the word, so deceive yourself, but do what it says. Uh, I want to read the 22nd verse, James 1, 21. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and every expression of evil, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save your souls. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, otherwise you are deceiving yourself. For anyone who hears the word but does not carry it out, it's like a man who looks at looks at his face in the mirror and then when he walks away he forgets what he looked like and that's what it is yeah I heard you yeah I heard you I heard you and that's all it is you wasn't listening you heard me but you wasn't listening there's a difference and that's what it is when we just hear the word but we don't do it in other words it's like the child I I heard you because I heard your voice but I wasn't listening I heard you but I wasn't paying attention because like I hear cars and stuff going on now or someone can be out here talking and I can hear them, but I'm not really paying attention to what they're saying. So I don't know what they're saying, but I can hear their voice. You see, so we can hear the word and not pay and not pay any attention to it. And when we don't do the word, that's exactly what happens. And so when we're not doers of the word, the enemy comes, the devil comes and he steals the word from us. But it's when we do the word that we bear fruit. And the Bible says that it brings God great pleasure when we bring when we bear fruit. Jesus said in Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't do what I say? Because the Lord is like a supervisor. We do what he say. When he says something, then Jesus could be your savior, not be your Lord. Because when he's your Lord, you become his disciple and you do what he say. I'm getting ready to get off here. Um, But uh, once again, I want to end it here. I want to ask the question, what's your why lie? What lie has the devil told you to make you believe that the word of God is not true? What's your why lie? That's, uh, you know, I want to challenge you today to think about your thoughts and um, those issues that you know that you have, because we all know what they are. I know what mine's are and you know what yours are. Um, heart is deceitful because everybody has them because none of us have arrived yet right so it's not about me trying to fix your issue or me trying to fix my husband's issue it's about me allowing God to fix me because when I allow him to deliver me it causes people to see the God in me and be drawn to him and that's the goal he said let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and your father will be glorified so let your light so shine. So when we're doing what the word of God say do, our light is shining because lights don't talk. How many of you know the lights don't talk? They just shine. So he said that they will see your good works. So when they see you doing what Christ would do, you know, walking in, walking in love, they'll see your good works and your father will be glorified. He gets the glory when they see God's goodness in our life. Um, but I'm getting ready to end it here. I'm almost out of time. And uh, I feel like I had to ask that question, what's your why lie? But as we begin to uh, deal with those issues in our lives, deliverance will come for You know, why? what lie has the devil told you to make you believe that Jesus Christ is not the Son of God? We need to examine those stronghold mindsets and say, hey, why do I believe this? What happened? What, what is it that's making me not believe in Jesus me what is it that makes me angry when they say that or angry when they do that or what is it what are your trigger issues because your triggers your issues are your triggers and those are the open doors so I challenge you um, to begin to challenge yourself and and uh, deal with those issues because we know like I said we know what the motives are you know why you said what you said you know why you did what you did but a lot of times we're not really paying attention to it And we don't really want to call it what it is. 
we know when we're being jealous, but we want to call it something else. We know when we're um, being manipulative, but we don't, you know, it takes humility to face the truth. But I want to challenge you to face the truth so you can get delivered from the lie because we have to confess our own thoughts um, so we can be healed, right? And just, we know the truth and the truth is what's going to set us free from a lie. I'm getting ready to go. My time is almost up. Thank you guys for joining my podcast. And I have about 70 some more podcasts. Just stroll down the page, listen to them and share them. And you guys be blessed. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day.